So we're going back to Hebrews 12. And um, I mean, Hebrews 6, I'm sorry. And verse 12 is where we left off. And um, I just want to walk us through this. This is a good season, a good time. Um, I've been creating again musically, which I hadn't done in four years. Like, you see my my beautiful set behind me. And, and I've been actually like literally banging out, boom, boom, like one behind another like I used to do. So it's like, in the past couple of weeks, maybe like five or six different pieces that I've knocked out or, you know, began creating. And I thought about me trying to do that or to find the spirit to do that again in the spirit of myself. Does that make sense? Trying to find my way to God's will within my own willpower. Take that in a minute. I think we confuse drive or desperation or hunger or, or work and struggle for being in the will and obedience of God and doing his will. Um, I can I can remember, and I'm sure a lot of you can bear witness with what I'm about to say, the times of doing all of this work only to finally get still and quiet and see that what the father's doing was so much simpler and so much easier and the path was so much straighter. And and, and the Bible says he makes the, the crooked paths plain and straight. And we keep wanting him to meet us in the crooked. And he's like, I'm not meeting you there. I'm meeting you in the destination place that I've set for you to meet me. So if you want to go all around and around and around and wind up where I've called you to be, that's time that you are wasting. And I'll be lovingly waiting for you here, but it doesn't have to take as long. And based on that, I start to come to this, this reality, this revelation, but this reality again. Only what I do that lines up with him and his plan for me brings me to peace and prosperity. And you can take prosperity to mean whatever you want. Some people are going to say it means money. It doesn't always mean money. Prosperity, or peace of heart and, and peace of soul and, and, and well-being is, is a prosperity that money can't buy. Because you can't buy health with money. You can't buy well-being with money. And you can't buy happiness with money. So when I talk about prosperity, please understand that I'm not talking cash value. I'm talking about that, that place in life that only you and God arrive together, that you can say, okay, God, I have this peace. And so based on that, if I go to where we left off in verse 12 in Hebrews chapter 6, Well, we'll go to 11. And that we, I'm reading from the Amplified, and that we desire for each one of you to show the same diligence all the way through. So to realize and enjoy the full assurance of hope until the end. 
so that we went through this very thoroughly last week, so I won't go through all of it again, so that you will not be spiritually sluggish, but will instead be imitators of those who through faith lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in him and in his power. And by patient endurance, even when suffering, are now inheriting the promises. We talked about that patient, that that faith, that patient endurance, that even though at the time it looks like you're going through, even though at times it's feeling uncomfortable or what you may call suffering, you're still getting closer to the goal. In other words, if I give it to you a simple revelation, because we did all of this last week, I want to do it again. If you're running a race or you're running track or you're building a building or you're doing anything that's labor intensive, you're going to find yourself in the process of doing that tired, even studying in class, tired, frustrating. <sighs> I have more homework to do. I don't want to do this. But you you have your mind on the goal. And that goal is I want to finish. I want to get this degree. I want to get this job. I want to get this whatever. You understand what I'm talking about? That you endure that understanding that you are accomplishing and reaching the goal even in that difficult or that what seems like suffering time, when your mind and your flesh and your body is saying, I want out, you're still pushing because you know that there's a goal at the end. And he's saying that you're inheriting the promise even through that frustration or tension. You're getting me so far? I'd like to make sure I set you up well before I start going hard. So I want you to catch this now. Do patient endurance, even while you're going through the hardship of it, you are even now at this point inheriting the promise. Say, I am inheriting the pro I am inheriting the promise even now. Even now, I'm inheriting, I, I am becoming an inheritor of the promise. I am getting closer to my destiny. Even now, just want you to think about that. Even though it may not look the way you want it to look, you're inheriting the promise, even now. You, you with me? Okay, watch this. 13. When God made the promise, stop. He's about to elaborate now on through faith and patience, even though you seem like there's a suffering period, you are still inheriting the promise. And then now he's going to elaborate on this promise that you are inheriting. Okay? This is an important part. For when God made the promise to Abraham, he swore in an oath by himself, since there was no one greater by whom to swear, saying, watch this, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. I want to make sure you understood this. Did that bless anybody? Did that speak to anybody's heart? That's. Did you catch that? He said, even though you're going through stuff, you're inheriting the promise. And then he said, because even God himself swore to Abraham this promise that still stands for us, right? And because he couldn't swear by anyone else, he swore by himself. That's cool. I, I joke all the time. Um, about God having conversations and like, like instead of saying, oh my God, he'll say, oh my me, right? <laughs> now, 
<laughs> I'll make I'll make jokes like that, right? But this scripture proves I'm not crazy, right? He said, I can't swear to no one else, so I'm going to swear by myself. So he said, listen, this is my promise. I swear to me that I'm going to do it. This is what he's saying, because I can swear to my, nobody else. I'm going to swear by myself, right? How powerful is it? He's saying, there's no higher place to go. So I'm going to make this vow sworn to myself. This is, this is powerful. So I need you to understand this before we read any further. He promised what? Surely I will bless and surely I will multiply. Now, I don't know if I'll get much further than this verse today because there's so much meat in this one section that we have to unpack now. Now it's unpacking time. Surely I will bless. How many of you say, I, I received that? I, amen. I can use some more blessing. I am already blessed. And surely I will multiply. Now, I'm going to talk about me a second, but I'm talking about you. I'm just pretending I'm talking about me. I'm talking about you. I always pray and I have to catch myself all the time and I still go back to it and I say this is the season and time that I make this change and I hope you will join me. One to put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand to flight, but we could come together on this, we can receive something powerful. Okay. Are you ready? You sure? You know and I know that we don't pray for multiplication, multiplication, we pray for ads. If I could just make a little more of this, if I could just have a little more of that, if we could have a little less of that, you know, there's some subtraction here. But I don't realize that when I pray, I don't pray multiplication. That's times. So that means if I'm making this, let's say I'm making $1,000 a week. God, if I could just make $1,500, that's not multiplication. You should be praying at least double what you have. I see you're not understanding me. You, you uh, multiply five times it, five times, ten times it, a hundred times it. The Bible talks about a hundredfold return. That's multiplication. There's no scripture where he talks about adding. It's always multiplication. And we're so into just get me through the day. Just add a little grace, Father. Even I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about even in grace. Just a little grace. Just give me enough grace to get by. Just, just give me some patience, Lord. Just a little more. Just a little more. And he's like, no, you should be seeking me that I will bless you in the form of multiplication. I could say amen and sign off right here. I mean, I, the message for today was preached. I'm just saying, he said, surely if you're patient and enduring toward the promise that you are receiving the inheritance even as you're going forward, but your inheritance is in multiplication, not in ads. Who could stick a hand up or the thumbs up emoji or something and say, I receive all of this right now. Just every single bit of it, Lord, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. Get me there. 
because that's the issue. When I said, God will help me get there, he said, no, 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 get there. I already did the part. I provided the promise. It is now up to you to receive it. Get there. It's yours to claim. Get there. It's, it's, it's not you have to get me to get you there. It's you have to say, I rise up and receive that which was done for me. I don't remember in my life, seriously, except for if I'm in a conference and somebody says something, claiming multiplication. Because we always have this beggar's attitude of God, just, just a touch of your grace. Just if I, if I could just, just get a little cup of sugar from you, God, I, I would just be so happy. And God's like, what about enough sugar for you and everybody in your family and generations to come? Why are you still playing, praying ad, thinking you're being humble when actually you're being selfish? I'm not trying to hurt nobody's feelings, but I'm just keeping it 100. But you're being selfish because you're only looking out for me and mine when I called you to pray for the generations and the people around you and to make it different all over the place. Let me tell you something. Let's go with the story of the woman with the jars. She had nothing left. They were going to come and take her possessions, rest the kids, whatever they was talking about doing. And then God told her to gather up jars, not a few. She went to every neighbor she could, and she round up as much oil and much stuff as she could get. And she just kept pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring until she ran out of jars. That's such a level of multiplication that if you know anything about oil, she's going to have to now distribute that because it was too much for her at this point. Her needs were met. She had more than enough to meet her need. And because she had more, she would then have to distribute. You're following me? God always puts on our heart and my heart and the reminder, we're called to be greater. So I've seen a difference in conversations between Lindsay and I concerning fear. Well, Casellas happens to be on today. We have employees. We have people that work for us now. Our motivation now to stay successful is we got to make sure we give them, they, they need their pay. Like, so it's a different motivation where it was, we got to pay our bills. Lord, please, let's just get a deal because my God, you know, we have to sit down and decide, well, if we didn't make enough this month, then we're going to have to miss our check, but we got to pay them. That's a different mind, but you don't have that kind of mind if you don't have a multiplication prayer set. Your mind is always, how do I take care of me and what I want and need for myself? And God is not mad at you seeking him for your own needs, but I'm telling you, you limiting him and doing what he's saying, exceedingly abundantly blessing and multiplying. And I need to go back to what he swore on himself to do. So say, God wants me blessed and he wants me to multiply. This is important. So I'm going to read some more, but here's the point of the day. God wants to bless me in multiplication. So you want to title this as blessings in multiplication. God wants me to receive from him. It's not humble to say, well, no, I don't ask for much. I just want enough. 
you know, just to just to make sure I can meet my needs. I don't ask for much. That's not humble, it's selfish. God, I want enough that I can do whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to do it, to help those who you want me to help, even if I don't want to help. I want to be clear enough that I'm in the place of blessing with you. That And he say, you bless those that curse you. Praise for those that despitefully use you. I'm saying, well, God, if I can't, if I'm barely paying my bills, blessing those who curse me is the last thing on my mind. I don't think about that. So my point is, God has called us to this place. So let's look at this one more time. Watch this. Going to 12 again. So that you will not become spiritually sluggish, but will instead be imitators of those who through faith, that's how you do this, it's in faith, lean on God with absolute trust. Absolute trust in what? This is what's coming. And confidence in him and in his power. By patient endurance, even when suffering and now inheriting the promise. The promise that God made to Abraham, that he swore to him by himself, because there was none greater for him to swear by saying, this is what you believe in for. Surely, definitely, I mean it. I'm not joking. I will bless you and multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, he realized the promise in the miraculous birth of Isaac as a pledge of what was to come from God. That is a hope that had significance that would go to generation and generations at that moment. What I gathered from that verse was that he understood, Abraham understood that this promise of Isaac was going to cause a generational effect that would bring family and family and family and family. I know for me that we as a people have a tendency to only see the generation in front of us. We're not seeing, okay, Kwame has Joseph and Caleb. They're becoming young adults now. We see them and maybe their kids. But there's generations that are going to continue long after we're gone. Listen to what I'm saying. And what I'm hoping we're putting in place after Naya is grown and she has kids and then her, she has her kids have kids and her kids have kids and her kids have kids and Sophie's not here. But that prayer that we prayed for multiplication carries itself over and over and over for generations and generations to come. Now, are you with me? So what we should be praying for is stuff that doesn't even affect us, meaning people that are outside of our immediate circle of friends and family and the generations of kids to come and grandkids and great-great-grandkids that you never going to see and have nothing to do with. And that's what the scripture means when he says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. 
He's not talking about just money and stuff. He's talking about you leave an inheritance to what you build and the foundations that you grew that the generations to come can look back and say, this is what my great, 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 great granddaddy did. So whether you like the Hiltons or not, right? Hilton, who started the Hilton Hotels way, way back before there was a Paris, right? He laid that foundation the Rockefellers, need I, need I go on? These people laid foundations that carried for generations to come. This is multiplication. I'm no longer praying for my needs specifically. No more. For me, I'm praying for the multiplications of heart and spirit for the generations that God has called me to. I taught you guys a long time ago, everybody here is called to a community. Everybody here who's, who's, is called to a legacy. Everybody's here is called to a, 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 a tribe, a village, whether you meet them or not. I'm running into people that I'm meeting that are saying to me that they're a blessing because somebody taught them what I taught them and they told them about me and I heard about you. And, and I'm like, wow. But here's what I'm saying. That needs to travel beyond my lifespan. And that is where the prayer of multiplication comes from. Because I know when I said multiplication, like, ooh, God, take me from a down to a hundred. Give me a hundred. Give me a million. Give me 10 million. The guy's like, okay, that's fine. But for what? You're building a legacy. For me, vision builders is different from every business I've ever done. Because vision builders was the opportunity to give myself and a whole team a dream and something to pursue, a whole team, not just myself. And I watch it, and I know probably people probably saying, oh boy, at times, maybe, who knows? I don't know, I don't get in your business and to call you up and ask a question. I don't know, how you doing, Sophie? You still excited? <laughs> she said, yeah. My point is, God gave me a vision that I could share and bring other people into Instead of saying, this is the building, this business I'm going to build, and I'm going to be successful, and I'm going to be wealthy, and I'm going to have a... No, this is, this is a community thing. There's going to be people that's going to come into this business later, and a thousand maybe, and 10,000, who knows, and in their families, and their families' families. And that's what God has given us. He's given us the ability to create something that we can bring other people into that goes on beyond our lifespan. So... With that said, I'm going to read this one more time because I'm not reading any other scriptures. This is it for the day. I want to make sure that it's soaked into your spirit. Going back to verse 12 again, so that you will not be spiritually sluggish or lazy or tired or give out, or as the scriptures say in the New Testament, or faint before you receive the prize. So that you won't be sluggish, but you will instead be imitators of those who through faith, and I'm praying that's me, and I'm praying that I'm that person for you, those who through faith lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in him and in his power, 
And by patient endurance, even through hardships, even through suffering, I now, even through, are inheriting his promise. What is that promise? Verse 12, when God made this promise to Abraham, he swore in an oath by himself since he had no one greater to swear by saying, surely, definitely, I will bless you and surely I will multiply you. Now, let's take it home with this. You like the way that sounds? You like the promises that you're hearing here? You're loving this whole message on multiplication, how God wants to spiritually increase you and build you to leave a legacy. I want you to understand that he's talking about the promise to Abraham, just in case you forgot. So if we're not Abraham level and multiplying, we're not receiving the promise. This is the Abrahamic promise. Next week, I want to go through it, possibly, if the Lord leads me to, and break down the Abrahamic covenant. Because he told him, surely I will bless you and multiply you and, you know, where to sow your feet. All phew, It's a lot of stuff under the Abrahamic covenant. And he said, we have a better covenant than that of Abraham. And what that means is not financially. That means because we have Christ the Savior. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. So we have the ability to accomplish and take and, 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 and grow in places that people didn't have the Holy... Abraham had to go sit before God. He had to wait for the, 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 the going to the holies, the, holy, the high priest. He had to go through all these processes and shed blood and, and all that. He's saying you don't have to do any of that. You have the Holy Spirit in you and you have the Christ the Savior. You could just say, just like that, I'm in. I'm in. Here I am, God. Here I am. We take that kind of privilege so lightly, but it's a powerful privilege. So here's what I'm saying, and here's what I'm depositing. In this season, we have to be patient. We have to not faint. We have to be strong. This is how you get to that promise. There's no other way to get there. You have to be patient. You have to endure. You have to believe that the promise is yours, even when it doesn't look like it or doesn't feel like it. You have to believe that you're receiving the promise, even though it doesn't seem like you're getting closer. The word says you are. That's what I'm saying. And you have to be imitators of those who did it. And if so, he's promising us that, like, like, just like he said to Abraham, surely I will bless you and I will multiply you. But it only is for those whose faith endure to the end. For he who wavers, James chapter 1, it's like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man, that woman, believe they will receive anything from the Lord because a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. The key is we need to be steadfast. We need to be committed to the promise. We need to know how to stand. And if we need people to help us in that stand, we need to know who we can call to say, I need a backup right now. My knees are wobbling. We need that because the attitude is, God wants us multiplied. So that means from where you are right now, you should, whatever prayer you got in the air for an increase, maybe you might want to go back and say, God, I'm going to pull that one down 
And I'm going to throw the multiplication one up because I've been outside of the plan for a minute here. And if you bear witness with that, you can give a strong amen because I'm done in Jesus' name. Amen.